December. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. Don't stop believing. Uh, yo, we in Houston, man. Uh, Houston, Texas. Uh, howdy, folks. Uh, yeehaw. Um, so before we get to the crux of what we're going to be discussing, uh, I was in bed yesterday. And on Reels TV was they were doing an hour thing about Guns N' Roses. And then after that, they did an hour thing about Journey. Uh, And I I, I actually probably watched most of the Guns N' Roses, which I thought was interesting. Because I always said that every black person has an inner white person in them. And I said, I remember I did a post. I said, to all my black brothers and sisters, give me your top five rock songs by rock bands that make you bob your head. And in my top five, Guns N' Roses was one of them. You know, I think I said Bon Jovi, Nirvana, Stain, uh, Nickelback, and uh, I forget who my fifth was. Dude, if you put Nickelback, you you really got a white guy living in there. Never heard of that as a blind man. <laughs> I couldn't cut as a poor man stealing. Is this here? You remind me of what I really am. No Phil Collins, something in the air tonight? Nah. You didn't like those drums? That was the best part. Yeah. After that, it was over. But. No Billy Joel? Hell no. (laughs) Uh, How do you just Billy Joel? Nah, man. I'm I'm, I'm inner white boy, but I'm not white boy. That's the piano man. Nah, son. Nah. Um, Which, which, uh. Guns N' Roses. Was it Sweet Child oh, of dude, Mine? Uh, or, uh, Sweet Child of Mine, Paradise City. Yeah. yeah. All You like you like the whole... Axl Rose, man. That voice yeah. was unique. But anyway, uh, so after the Guns N' Roses, I watched Journey. And it was fascinating, because the only song I really knew by them until they started playing other ones, and I went, oh, yeah, I like that one, too, was, of course, Don't Stop Believing. And my man, what's the lead singer's name? Steve Perry. Steve Perry. What a voice. W- was the lead singer. Was. They even dubbed him The Voice. And you see why? Because this motherfucker had pipes. Voice was a little raspy. He had pipes. Uh, and some of what he could do in terms of, I don't know what the correct musical term for it is, but riffs, the way some of them riffs he hit and them highs and lows, motherfucker was dope. And I did not know that he quit the band twice. And <clears throat> the second time, first time when he quit, uh, they got two other dudes to replace them, but they didn't. They didn't make last long. Um, but then they final they 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 set on a dude from the Philippines who they found on YouTube. And uh, Andy and I went out to uh, this place called what was it Langford Market? Yeah, we ate yesterday. Yeah, from Diners, Drivers, and Dives. Great fucking burgers. Um, and I was telling them about this, and I and as I was watching this, I just was going, and the dude who they got to replace. Uh, Steve Perry, once they got him, he lasted and has been with the group yeah. since. And I just go, dude, if you are a diehard fan, and you know, music, like, uh, like all forms of entertainment, but music means shit to people. How do you buy that? He wasn't the original lead singer of Journey in the first place. Yeah, I know, but the guy who they had... Yeah, the, the... I get it, but bands change. Music, you know, it it, it changes. And the guy can hit the notes that Steve Perry was hitting. So I, you know, I just couldn't do it. I, that that to me is a is a is a sell. I just can't buy because I'm like, if I'm a Journey fan, like a diehard Journey fan, 
and I'm loving the band and Perry. I, I'm, I'm looking at this dude going, yeah, you hitting the notes. Yeah, you sound like him, but you ain't him. I, I just couldn't buy that. I, I hated Journey anyway. I, 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 was, I was not a fan. I'm an MTV kid. I got mm-hmm. MTV, and every 20 minutes, Journey was on. And I was like, I have other songs I want to hear besides this fucking rock song right here. So you were journeyed out? I was journeyed out. I, I, got, my, I got my hatred from, uh, from MTV. I hate Journey, uh, Dexie's Midnight Runners, whatever the, the band is that did 99 Lou fucking balloons. <laughs> and, uh, and then they, just, they ran back in English, too. I, I fucking hated that. They were on constantly. And, and a lot of people like Uh-huh, and I hate that song because they played that video constantly. It was That's constantly. a song called Uh-huh? Uh-huh. It's the band. Uh, the band is uh-huh. Oh. Uh, I, I don't even know what the song is called. Oh, right. you know, it's the one where they, they it was like the, they drew it and then it turned into the, the Oh, band, the an, like it was the an animation. animation. It goes back and forth. I, I it, like that. It was a great video. I hated the side. They played it over and over and over. So prior to them playing it over and over and over, did you like it? I thought it was a really good, I thought it was a good video, but it ruined it for me. It ruined it because they wouldn't. So, so prior to. Because they wouldn't stop playing it. Right. And, it, and I wanted, don't, I want. Stop playing it. Whatever that journey song, don't stop. Nah, believing. Yeah, don't I want it. Stop believing. <laughs> so play something okay, else. Okay, so prior to them playing it too much, did you like Journey? You know, I, I a girl in high school that I, I liked like Journey, and I went to the Journey concert with her, and it was it was fine. It was. Fine. It just wasn't joy. It's I wasn't a, I wasn't a rock kid in, in like that. I, right. I, and it was it was poppy rock. It wasn't even rock. Hardcore rock. Yeah. It what was, is hardcore rock considered? Like Billy Idol? No, that's the, he was new wave. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I like tra- I like traditional rock and roll. I like the Stones. Ah, I, I, that's what I like. I'm right. not saying that, that, that that's not hardcore. That's just that's roots rock. That is the, the Stones. Uh, who else do I put in that? Um, you know, I wasn't a Led, Ze- Led Zeppelin fan, but I'm a Led Zeppelin fan now. I'll I, I have albums. Right. I, they're they're sitting in in my room. But I like soul music. I like uh I, I liked uh, uh blues. I I didn't just like. Uh, and that's some of that 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 poppy rock stuff just didn't fit into that. Mm. So I I don't know. Yeah, it was I, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, I did like uh, Guns N' Roses though. When it, yeah, because, I, I because love of Axel's Rose, voice. Yeah. His voice was something unique when it came out at that time. My introduction to Guns N' Roses was from when I saw the movie Lean on Me, uh, and they cut from when Morgan Freeman as as Joe Clark left the school. They showed him walking out. Uh, when East Side High was all pretty much white and nice, and then as the, they've—I don't know—they transitioned into what it became: graffiti, dirty, black. Uh, they played a Guns N' Roses song. Was it? It wasn't Paradise. Uh, uh, what was the? Not take me down to Paradise City. Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome, yeah, yeah. They played Welcome to the Jungle. In this end, get dirty. The niggas come, and it's Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was my intro. It's did, Guns N' Roses. Did, was did 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 you think Guns N' Roses was a better band because Slash was black? Do you think that made I, the difference? for a long time? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, do you think that made the difference? Do you think no. they, they, they go, oh, that's because they have a black guitar player? No, no, no. I, I thought I just thought Axel's voice was unique, and the way he hit that ah, shit. Yeah, I, it, was, it was great. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Anything else before we uh get to the meat and potatoes? No, it's just meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes, okay. Uh, great three-part documentary on Showtime called Goliath. Uh, it's basically the Wilt Chamberlain story. Do you know what Wilt Chamberlain did for a living? A lot of everything. No, but what, what, what he did that we watched for a living? Play basketball. Yeah, you know what basketball is? It's a sport, cocksucker! <laughs> Basketball's a sport, cocksucker, Brandon! From the UK. You know what's funny? I forgot you were going to go after Brandon. You know, it's funny. Uh, again, I, 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 in, in looking at game tape, a la the podcast, I uh, read comments on YouTube. And Brandon, you, you know, Brandon, really suck all of my dick, nigga. Because you like to write shit like... Uh, Oh, Aries is being a female and blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, it's funny. Sometimes I read the comment and before I see it's you and read your name, I'm going, I'm reading, I'm going, who is this motherfucker? And then I go, oh, this nigga. So I immediately, immediately I just, I laugh at it. Because, dude, it's amazing. Like, you, you, the only reason why you're taking shots at me or us is because I keep fucking with you. 
But evidently, you like this fucking podcast because you can't stop watching it, motherfucker. Corksucker. Um, let me see something. Should we just do an all sports podcast? Uh, we should do a whole month of nothing but sports. <laughs> Make this nigga kill himself. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, you know, I, off the top, they said on the on the first episode that they used AI. Yeah, I, to, that's in my notes too. Yeah, to to, to create Will Chamberlain's voice from his book. So from it's, his it's, books, it's his words. It's his words, but they used AI so that he when he can narrate certain parts of the stock. You know, I'm really hating this AI shit, man. Now, you know what? You, he's not alive. I get it. They're able to have him narrate the book. Okay. In his voice. In a, okay. In, in assimilation of his voice. You don't think that that added to the, to this, the story that we just saw? I think it did. And, and I, but what scares me is how fucking, it, it's, it's like cloning. It, it, it's, you couldn't tell, if, you, if they didn't tell you that was AI, You'd have thought that was Will Chamberlain. I thought maybe he would have read his book, like a book on right. tape, and that's what you were listening to. Yeah, it's it's scary what they could do with this shit. It it really is. Um, yeah, I, we we I don't want to make this about AI, but I just man, this shit scares me. Um, do you think Allen Iverson's upset about AI? You know, that'd be a good question. I mean. He would have copyrighted his initials. Yeah, he he was AI, and yeah. now AI is AI. Right. Maybe if AI was around when AI was playing, AI could have made him attend practice. Uh, maybe, or maybe he could have used AI to go to practice for him. There you go. We're gonna, that's kind of that's what I was saying. Yeah. No matter what, I'm going to try to make everything <laughs> go back to sports on this part, yeah. this episode. Um, I know they play two different positions, but. I said MJ versus Wilt, both in their prime. Who would you bet on? One on one, just a one on one. Not one on one. I mean two I mean, on two. No, if if you had to pick a superstar to go, I'm building my team around. Well, it's proven who won. So you say MJ? Yeah, who's won? But I, I, I see. This is it's it's a semi unfair question because I, I think if if Wilt was around today and he wasn't the one, like the seven-footer, the only one, the superstar, the one with all the talent, if he would have been in a different situation where there was more people that were... Um, if, there, if he would have ran up against a Shaq or someone, he would have learned that he had to be coachable. He wasn't coachable. He, had a, he, he knew who he was. He knew what he could do better than anyone else. Even when he says that... Uh, there's a part in there when he says uh, he's older, he's retired... And he's talking about him versus uh, uh, Bill Russell. Uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one talent versus talent. I had to do this. I had to do that. I, I, I'm a greater talent. But if you can't manage that talent, and if you can't have someone help direct you for a team game, then that talent's going to get you exactly what he got. <clears throat> Based on what you just said, do you find him somewhat reminiscent of Allen Iverson? Because Larry Brown would often say, as far as a talent goes, Allen Iverson was one of the best. At times, seemed uncoachable, but and also didn't play on great a great team. Yeah, they didn't give him anybody to play with ever. Wilt did have times when he lost when he was on better teams, right? <clears throat> so th that's that's a big difference. I, I think as he got older, he was he became more coachable, looked at the game differently. But they break it down pretty good in here, and I don't want to get ahead of where you are in your notes, but he, they do break it down later where they talk about Wilt, and you see the. If he would have listened to the coach at that period of time, he probably would have had a couple more championships. So, and not to take anything away again, but let me ask you this question. Um, this isn't about Bill Russell, but Bill Russell did win. Mm -hmm. And we, we've talked about him before, but he won in a time period where, but he was playing against Wilt. He was playing against other guys that are, we know today to be, to be great players. Do you think that he had some of that? Um, determination to will his way to win because he did what he had to do. He wasn't trying to be a scorer, but there's another you watch in there where he was running. He runs the court and he dunks the ball. I mean, if he, he did what he had to do to win, do you think he had some of that Michael Jordan, that, that determination? <clears throat> well, you know, what was interesting and I put this in my note because what I didn't know, I didn't know a whole lot about Will, 
But what I did know that they, you know, re- revealed was it was almost like he did everything before everybody did it, everything. Yeah. They showed him do a skyhook before Kareem. They showed him do a turnaround fadeaway before MJ. They showed him do the finger roll before George Gervin. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, everybody associates George Gervin with the finger roll. But that- everybody associates MJ with the turnaround fadeaway and Kareem with the skyhook. He did all those moves. Well, he did them, but he didn't do them the same. It wasn't their go-to move. He he had he had he was able to do everything. So I, I thought I get what that you're was saying. astonishing, dude. He was an amazing basketball player. I, it's his championships, and I and I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to get too far ahead. But I think we can talk about this a little bit, even though it is far ahead. When they break down how on the four games that he did lose to Bill Russell, it was by what what they say nine points. Not much. Yeah, nine, nine, seven or nine points total right. on all four. So a, a shot missed here, made there, something different, um, changes his whole course of history. Right. And, and they talk about that, too. And I, I, that is amazing to me because the sad part is, at the end, when they were talking about it, that Wilt is left off everybody's top five list. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. And when we talk about him, you put Shaq over him every time. But Shaq has championships. But do you think part of the reason why some people leave him off the top five is because he only won one ring? Yeah. Hmm. And he had all the talent, but he had all the talent, but he was playing on a team game. And then when they would get him talent, he was so dominant when he was by himself, he couldn't adjust to play it that way. I mean, he should have had he should have had some other rings, but there's some other things that has happened to him that I think he could have got another ring, one other. There, there's more. As we as we delve as we delve into this, but right. um, he was astonishing. I remember when I was a kid. I mean, he was I was young, but he, that's all anybody talked about. Willed on the Lakers, willed on the Lakers. When I was a kid, that was that was the the guy. Yeah, you know, it, it, it felt like, and that's just because I'm well, just because it felt it felt that way to me. I don't want to make it seem like that was a general consensus for most people, but again, like you just said. M- I, I knew him mostly as a Laker. Yeah. You know, even though he, he was with Philly yeah. for a minute, you know. But to me, his to, when I think Wilt, I think Lakers. Because yeah, that's where he won his championship. Again, I, I, this all comes <gasps> down to not being the greatest athlete in the world. It comes down to championships. Right. And honestly, and well, marketing wasn't as big of a deal then, but today marketing is a big deal. So um, back then, though, I think it was. It was it with was, his yeah. skill set and what he could do, especially at that position, do you think that if he were around today with marketing, he'd be a bigger deal? Even with, even with the one championship? Possibly. But then he would be the guy that he... No, he wouldn't be because he would be the guy that they always said never lived up to his potential. Right. Because that's the way they would have marketed it. The, the anti-marketing, the people against him who would have who made the other people who played against him that got championships the, the bigger deal. He mm. uh, think about it. If Russell, if it was Bill Russell, he's smaller, he's slower, he doesn't score as much. But you know what he does? He be, he beats Wilt. 11, 11 championships. So that's how I think the marketing would have went in that direction. Right. Because that's just how they do it. Right. So no, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think he gets it. I think though, if he played today with the people that play and the fact that he would have been challenged more by other players, and I think coaches not making $5 a day anymore. And not that they didn't make, they, they never made a lot of money back then, the coaches. So there wasn't that, they talked about that back then, not in this doc, but they've right. talked about that. The respect level came later when coaches started getting paid similar to what some of the players were getting paid. But that, why would you listen to that coach? You could score a hundred points in a game. Why are you going to listen to the coaches telling you you need to score less? Right. But then let's, but then go, let's go to Jordan. When Jordan, when Phil says to Jordan, you need to score less. They become successful. So it's a team game. But Jordan listened to Phil, despite not wanting to do it. Right. Remember, Jordan talks about not hating. The, the, the idea of the triangle wasn't his. What, he wasn't gr- big on the triangle when it first started because that was going to take the ball out of his hands. Right, right, right. Where's Doug Collins? Yeah, he said, put the ball in my hands. My hands. So, you know, I, I think that there's that that. But he's such a team-oriented guy, though, uh, when you talk about Will, with play, playing volleyball uh, after there, playing with, and, and then playing the game with, with the... And I, I still think that's amazing, because I was... 
a huge Harlem Charters fan when I was a kid. I thought they were greater than NBA players because I used to I used to wait all year for them to come to town, and I used to go watch and play the the Washington Jet. What is it, Washington Generals, or is that what the, I think that's the name of the team? And it, that was the best. That was the best day of my year when I get to go see the Harlem Globetrotters. So uh, him being a Globetrotter, I thought was amazing too. I, I mean, and I remember when he was. A, I, I remember everybody talking about him being a Harlem Globetrotter when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I should have wrote that coach's name down, but whoever that coach was, when uh, he kind of slightly injured himself, uh, when they were playing against the uh, Celtics, Bill Russell and, and the Celtics. And he injured himself, and then he tells he tells his coach, "I'm ready to go back in," and the coach refused to put him in. Bram Brendikoff. Yes, and rightly so, he lost his job. What the fuck were you thinking? No, that was you know we got this. Well, okay, I'm not I'm not. I, I thought when I when I watched that, mm-hmm. I I looked at it the same way you did. That's ridiculous. You got this guy, seven foot, can score, dominant player. You're, you're down by he, a point or two, and he's ready to come back in. But the point is, when he went out, they were still down by five. And the team on the floor got them up. They had some momentum. They had some. So maybe he thought, I have a play. I don't need you on the court because you're going to go down to the corner and I don't want you there. You're going to go to the left side corner. That's not where I want you. I want to run this play and I'm going to win the game. I would think even if it's just as a decoy. I, and I agree with how you. How do you not put Wilt in the game? I agree with you. But at that moment, come on, you're on the, you're on the sideline. You, you came back. And Wilt was the big reason why you came back too, uh, but it wasn't just Wilt. I mean, it was it was uh, uh, who who was the guard? Now I can't even remember the guard for uh, his team. Wilt's yeah, team, yeah. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, it's uh, he's the logo. Oh, Jerry West. It's Jerry West is the one who was brought him back. He was right. hitting all those, uh, all, yeah, all those yeah, jump shots. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you're going to run a play, <clears throat> thinking you're going to get Jerry West open. You're going to run a play, and if Will comes in there, he's going to clog up that 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 end line, the, uh, the the left side, and maybe ruin the play that you have drawn up that you think that you could come in and win this game with with with, with a few seconds left. But wasn't there a little bit of static between? Randikoff yeah, and Will? Yeah, of course. I, so I, I, but I thought that had more to do with why he didn't put him in the game. But we don't. I'm just giving another side of it. Another, I, I because I felt the same way you did. But then I thought about it. Like, okay, now let's let's break it down. Let's look at the game. And I didn't look at a game tape or anything. But let's look at the game. You got a few seconds left. You got you got Jerry West hitting the jumpers. Now you want to run a play. You're the coach. You want to run a play. But you got your star player that is dominant. You say is a decoy. But your decoy is going to bring the defense to the person that you may want to take I, a shot. I, I'm 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 not even disagreeing with you if you're talking about purely. <clears throat> from a strategic sense to win the game. You know, you're the coach. It's, it's your job to make those calls, even if it's an unpopular uh, a call. I'm just simply saying if if personal beef is what made your dis- helped you make your decision, yeah. that that's fucked up. But then if the coach looks at him and says, we don't need you, that there there, there is some personal in there, right? Sounds like it. Because if he would have said, I'm going to run a different play, we'll stay, on, stay close, right. hold on. If we get a rebound, I want to run this play. If we get a rebound, we're putting you back in. It's something different than we don't need you. We don't need you does sound personal. Yes, that's so, what I'm saying. I mean, if that's really what he said. But I understand if he wanted to run a play that Wilt was going to get in the way of as well. Right. But I don't know. Um, Might have kind of just answered this question already, but let me just ask it. So when you think about all the true big men that's played the game, even though I, you know, obviously the obvious ones, Shaq, Kareem, Russell, uh, even some of the players from the nineties, Ewing, David Robinson, uh, I'll even throw Bill Walton in that mix. Cause he won. Bill Walton was, a, he was just hurt all the right. time. Um, <clears throat> how come it seems like, or, or am I wrong that it seems like Wilt is not as quickly mentioned as those big men, Hakeem, do you think Wilt lived up to his, his potential? I think he lived up to what was around him. He had teams that were that were geared to win. They could have won. I, I I think that's part of it. I think that he didn't win enough championships for what they it, it, what the anticipation of, of Will was. I think the other thing is he moved around a lot, and that wasn't that wasn't common at the time, and it was unpopular. Mm-hmm. So you would lose. You know, when you came onto a team back when he played. That was your, and you, let's say you lived in Philadelphia. That was your dude for life. 
unless the coach traded you or the, the, the owner traded you. And then you hated the owner because the owner traded you. That used right. to be the way it goes because they, they were on the team. That was this was this is my guy. I'm going to root for him. I'm going to put up my pennants because he or not. Well, I'm thinking baseball, but put up the little flag thing. Whatever they win, they're going to put something up in the room. The posters, uh, whatever autographs. I'm going to go to the court. I'm coming to see you, and that's <clears> your guy for your for as your as your for your team. Right. And when the coat when when they would get traded, the ownership would get. You know, like, why did they trade him? This is this was you know this is the team. This is the guy. So if you're the only person who can move at the time, I think that I think that takes away a little bit, not from today's point of view, but from right. that time's point of view. I think the legacy gets tarnished a little bit because you're it, you did a move around. Look at LeBron when LeBron pulled that and he moved. It t- kind of tarnished his legacy a little bit. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with it. How you move, what you, how you make these things happen. Somebody said in a documentary uh, that, well, somebody, okay, somebody alluded to in the documentary that Wilt was as strong as Shaq. Do you believe that? It could be. Nah, I don't buy that for one second. Shaq's girth and height and weight, no, sir. But no. Strength comes, you don't have to be, have the biggest muscles to be the strongest looking guy, to be the strongest guy. I'm not saying he is because when I would look at it, when I watched it, the one thing about Shaq, and I'll always say this because I've, I, I was, I, I like basketball. I've been watching basketball my whole life. No big man usually has, the legs don't match the top of the body usually, or they're still just thin. Right. Shaq is the only one that had, that looks like he played football instead of basketball. Right. Right. At that size, at a seven footer, because everyone else's legs were uh, are always thinner, and he had those that power. Where you know, Shaq leaned into you and was going to drop a shoulder into you. What were you going to do about it? That, that's when your legs were. right, right. But will I mean, if his upper body strength? But look, did you see how strong his legs were? Do you see how high he jumps? No, Shaq never jumped like that. Shaq could could jump, but, but not Shaq's, like that. But for Shaq's weight. He was very agile and quick. Very. He was almost like a guard when he ran up. The, he was a guard at one time, right. but when he ran up the court, there's that, uh, I don't even remember which game it was in, but when he's taking the ball up, I think it's when he's still on the magic, and he takes the ball up because he has the open lane and runs from uh, one end to the other end. Right. He looks like a guard. Yeah. Uh, but Wilt was, his ability to jump, there was strength in those. There was He had strength. He had power, man, because you can't jump like that. Who... Just in your head, just look at those pictures of him. Who looks like that? The only one that I ever saw block shots like that, maybe Akeem sometimes, but not that high, not that high. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, listen, he was, obviously, he was a hell of an athlete. Uh, and I think they said early in his, uh, in his, in his life, didn't he do track and field? Yeah. Yeah, so he was, he was an incredible athlete. Yeah, he, he was fat, he was, he was really fast. His sister was fast. They talked about his sister too, but that's gonna, we'll right. talk about that in a minute. Um, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, you can't escape what this culture and what this country has always been, uh, when it comes to, you know, race, you know, plays a part in everything. And they, and I love how they said, it's like, there were rule changes made so that blacks weren't so dominant. And I just thought, Rule changes made where blacks weren't so dominant in a world and time when whites were supposed to be dominant, which really proves that blacks were dominant. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's like, come on, man. But I, I'm going to say this, and it's, you're you're not going to agree with me, but I'm going to say this. You can't say that. You can't, and I, and I would agree with you. The most dominant person was Wilt, and they did Wilt uh, changes because of that. Yeah. But anytime someone comes along that dominates something that's still... They, they move it, but it does seem, it does seem that it happens a lot more to black athletes than it does. When Tiger w- was killing it, they, all of a sudden they, they started growing uh, the, uh, uh, no, I don't even know, not the fairway, but the, the second cut, the rough. The rough started getting longer. They started moving the team, but everybody had to play from a longer field then too. Uh, so they do make it more challenging. I understand, uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy that they moved that uh, that it isn't a six foot lane in basketball. Can you imagine today how crowded that would be? So it seems like that needed to happen. Do you think it's solely just because it's a black athlete, or do you think oh, there's yeah. an athlete that's so dominant that they need to move it? Okay, so and I'm not saying that it, that it's not out there. I don't have this information, 
but I'm asking the question. What white athletes have ever come along when they change the rules? I just know that they change rules. Why do they change rules? Okay, but uh, but we can't, but I don't we can't be I don't want to be vague with that. I don't want to be vague with that. I want to be specific. Well, let me what, let, let what, me, let what, me be, what white let me, athletes have come along where rules have been changed. Let me let me be specific then and let me say it a different way. Rule changes have happened throughout sports. Would you agree with that? Okay. So when a rule change happens with, with, through sports, we change it to better the game. If it's something that is... Or, or to stop certain people from dominating. When, well, to change, we, we, to better the game. Because that's what you... If someone's dominating, if one person dominates, you want to make the game so that it can be a better game. You can't have one person just killing it the whole time. Well, we said when we were talking about WNBA, lower the rim because it would make more people dunk. That's the opposite direction of what you're saying because you want more dunking going on. Now I will say this, but and but that but, that challenge is biological. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So when you look at sports and you see something crowded, you just go, "Well, we need to make rule changes." When it's changed because a black a black athlete is the one that is dominating, then it's because of the black athlete. That's how the that the narrative changes. But aren't we trying to make the game better? Because if Wilt would have played that game with that six foot lane, and you can't duck, you have to be at the free throw line. Would you want a game where you just saw guys running, getting fouled, running and jumping from the foul line and, and dunking? Only a few people could do that. But you, I, I don't. Who, who are the people do you think that could do that? Well, Will Michael are the, and and Dr. J. Those are the three that could do it. What color are those three of them? Uh, yeah. So it's because they're black, but it doesn't it doesn't improve the game. So what I'm asking you is, is it because they're black or because their dominance needed to change? We needed to change the game to make the game better. Them being black might be the reason why they're, uh, you, you could say their skill level was better, but it, did you change the game because they were black or did you change it because it needed to be done to make the game a better game? What do you think? I think you change it because it's a better game. Are we getting a better game today because of it? So you don't think it had nothing to do with them being black I, course, and dominant? Of course it has something to do with oh, being okay. black. There's always that. In, but it, is that the reason why you make the rule change, though? Is it a better game that we end up with today? Because it, it's the narrative is different. If it is a white guy, and I don't know if there's a white guy, I, I'd have to go back and do my research. I've never went you back because, because we never heard. Have you ever heard of it being because of a white guy? Even throughout all but sports. But why would you hear that when it's, the, when it's them who... Who, who, you know, want to change the rules and think of themselves as superior to begin with. But they're making the game better. Do you think it's making it superior? The guy's still going to be superior. When, when, when they make, okay, here's, here's the thing. When they, make it, when they make the lane wider, everybody still gets to play in the wider lane. It's better for everybody in the game, and it makes it more difficult for the one person that could dominate the game. Right. Is it a black guy? Yeah. So is it against black? You could say it's against the, against the black community, but against the black player, but isn't it to better the game? Would you not want to make that move? If you, if it was just you and you were in charge of it and you had one guy, black or white, you're black, you, you want to dominate, you love it, but do you want to make the game better? Man, you got better moves than Fred Astaire. No, I'm asking. I know you, what you're asking. Because, because. The, I, I know, listen, I and know. And if it was a white guy, wouldn't we just say we're changing the game because it's a better, it, it makes the game better? Yeah, for the same reason that, you know. No, it, the, our narrative is to, uh, we have to look, sometimes we have to look at how we, speak on things and adjust the narrative a little bit it made the game better i know but it okay so let's go with that let's go let's go with it's just to make the game better i just find it rather funny and coincidental that in an effort to make the game better all the rule changes have come against black okay i'll I'll have a different way of saying it just let's do this one real quick so there's a bunch of white guys that are playing this game and black people weren't allowed to play the game. And then black people are now allowed to play the game, which was the racism in the first place. But now black people are allowed the game. And you go, holy shit, you know what? We have to, make, we have to move this around because this is too easy for these guys. Let's move it around. Let's make the game better. It is because you're black, but it's, it made the game better. I don't know how to say which one is which. Yeah, I do agree. We know what the, we know what the subtext is. These black guys came in and they're kicking our ass and we need to make the lane bigger. But the point is, it also changes the game. And it, everybody plays it, in that same lane. Isn't, so, that, isn't that nice? But would you not want... Did, let me ask you this question. Do you want the six, 12-foot lanes or 6-foot lanes today? I, listen, I, I, I hear you as far as the game being better. So, so what would, what, the game was going to be better regardless because yeah. it's us. No, but you need... The, it wouldn't have been better if everybody was jammed into that 6-foot lane. Let's put it this way. If we waited 20 years to do it, and now it's almost all black people that are playing in the NBA, right? What is it, like 70% black in the NBA? I guess. 
And now we go, well, we got to move the lane so we can spread this out so we can get better. Now it's not about black people anymore at all, is it? Okay. I'm not denying the impetus of what I, I, it is. I'm, okay. I'm but I'm just saying it makes the game better. You got to do it if it makes the game better. When they said, I, what was it? I can't remember if it was college or pros where they said Kareem couldn't dunk. Is that college or the pros? I think it was college. Right. That was ridiculous. That now that's a, that's a rule change that is just specifically aimed at a certain at a player and intentionally because they're black. And that's also because if you went to uh, uh, parks and you'd watch black dudes play in the park, they were dunking back then. And they were saying that's that's ruining the game. That's bullshit. This made the game. Mm. So, yeah, there's a, there's times when you can see the rules specifically aimed at, at, at black players. Right. You know, I, I'm as I always say, I'm putting the bat signal in the air. Can y'all do some research for us? I would like to know if there has been any white players in pro sports where they changed the rules because of what they brought to the table. Because that person was so dominant that they had to change the rules. I want to know that. I know in football, there was a there was a player that played for the Cardinals that it was a defensive player. And the way that he would tackle people, they changed the tackling rules because he, he was he was. He was hurting. It was he was ending up hurting people. Is the white guy? White guy. Okay. That I, I don't even know his name. It's just such a minor rule change. Right. But you change it, it, the game evolves because depending on the people that are playing. Right. <laughs> uh, they said I like that moment where they said, uh, you know, Wilt didn't like Wilt, and I and I know they they said Kareem didn't like this either when people would make tall jokes. And he said, somebody, you know, one of the tall jokes that you would, almost like cliche, that you would, uh, that they would be told or asked is, how's the weather up there? And Wilt said to the dude, um, I have a phone in my ass. Why don't you call and find out? I think it's funny. You know what I feel bad about, though? I do feel bad about it. Because you watch Wilt, and I never thought about, you know, you don't really think about this because he's tall. And all these tall players, and you, they, they were made fun of as kids. Or they were awkward as kids, or they had issues yeah. as kids. But when people come up to them and look at them today, they're looking at them in awe, almost in envy. Right. And so it's coming from a different place, but they, they feel that everything that happened early in life. But when that person comes up, like, you're so tall, they're not saying, I don't think they're saying it as, like, to go back to that day where they're making fun of them, they're they're in awe. Like when I see someone who's who's tall and coordinated and complete, I'm envious. So it right. comes from a different place. But when you when you have all that from your childhood and that's all wrapped up in you, yeah, I can see them being upset about it. But it's unfortunate that they can't be where they can feel good about it. You know, if I was going to be seven feet tall, I would want to be built like Shaq, because a lot and Shaq is his own. That's what makes Shaq so. So I hate to use the word freakish, but again, like you said, most guys that are seven foot are lanky and really skinny. Yeah. Shaq was like a football player at that height. Um, like a lot of them dudes look like, like this, this dude, this new, the, the dude, they just uh, got drafted by the Spurs. Wimbiama. Yeah. I think I said He that. looks like a prey mantis. Like, and I don't, I, you know, and I know he, he's still got to fill out a little bit, but how much more is he going to fill out past what you already see? And I'm just like, you know, I wouldn't want to be that tall because just because you look freakish. Well, mature Wilt didn't look thin, though, at the end. Like, his legs weren't thin at the end. He got, he got into a different kind of shape. He was, he was all filled out. He was muscle. Right. I, it wasn't thin, but most of, most of the guys can't do that. I mean, even Elijah one, who's was strong. I mean, very strong, right. quick, and moved. But he was thin. Uh, but yeah, he but filled I, out know, later too. Yeah, he, he. But he filled out more. Like I, I'm, I'm really talking like Kareem, Will, uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, but he's not seven foot though. He's six ten, I think. Yeah, and he's, but he was thin. But he was powerful though. Some guys, I don't understand how they can be that thin and that powerful, but they are. Yeah, but. You're right. Well, you know what? I, you know, let me walk that back a little bit because now that I'm thinking about it, it's like Hakeem kind of was more on the thicker side than thin. Uh, Patrick Ewan was a thick motherfucker. Yeah, Patrick Ewan was uh, full and size. And David Robinson. And I got to say, man, probably some of the greatest sh- shoulders I've ever seen on a guy. David Robinson? David Robinson's shoulders, dude. 
looked like two round bowling balls. Dude, but that he, that has to be from being in the military and working out and doing the things that he did. Because those, when you get the Knicks, always get players that have shoulders. I don't know what it is. The Knicks. The Knicks usually end up with right. those players. Uh, but uh, like Ewing had that same shoulder, uh, not as big as Robinson. But no, but no, but Ewing had big shoulders, but Robinson's shit was chiseled. chiseled yeah, that circular chisel. God damn. Um. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, Rick Barry said Wilt's 100-point record will never be broken. No one has ever come close. Uh, but listen, I think it could have been broken. When Kobe scored the 81, he sat out the fourth quarter. He yeah, told, the no, whole fourth he, quarter. He told the coach, he told Phil, I'm done. He could have scored over 100, I think, because he was on fire that night. Would you have went for the? Would you have tried to break Wilt's record? You know, let me ask you this question, and I, I don't because I, I can't. I I couldn't even imagine getting. I, if I if I played in the NBA, uh, if I even had a chance to play in the NBA, I'm a, I'm a five point player coming off the bench for thirty seconds a game. <laughs> um, if you're Kobe and you love the game as much as you do, and you respect everybody that you do, and you're a Laker, right. And he scored 81 in, in, in three quarters. Do you want to break the record? Yes. I, don't, I, think, I think you're supposed to. Sports, that's what sports are about, breaking records, setting records. I'm not disagreeing you, with you, and I agree that most people would be like that. But Kobe had something. He has that thing to what he wants to win, yeah. but win. I, records didn't seem that important, as important to him. But, <sighs> but breaking Wilt's records, he, the dude had 100 to over 100 when he retired. So breaking one of Wilt's records really isn't taking anything away from Wilt. It's like, okay, I'm going to borrow some of these from you because you no, no, it. it's not. But that's such a specific, yeah, mind blowing record. Yeah, that you go, you got to break that. It ain't like you know when you think about, the, uh, you know, the leading scorers. You know, at one point, uh, Kareem was one, Carl uh, Malone was two, and Jordan was three. But you know that at some point, yeah, some of those people are going to slide yeah. as other players come up. Kobe eventually eclipsed Michael, putting Michael at four. Then LeBron skipped them all. So now Michael's at five and Kobe's at four. So it's it's just like, you know, that, that, that sliding door, those pieces are going to be what they are. But 100 points. How often is that going to happen? It'd be great. Like, if, I, it, I don't know. I think Jordan would have went for it. I, oh, Jordan would have went for it. I don't think there's any doubt that Jordan would have went for it. Kobe, I, I don't know why he wouldn't have went for it, but I think that's the only reason I can imagine that he didn't. And Kobe just didn't care about those kind of records, it didn't seem like at all. I think he cared, but I think he cared. Uh, my favorite part, though, with Rick Barry, which you said, though, too, is Rick Barry also said that he had to go cash out uh, Wilt when they were in Vegas playing uh, whatever they were playing at the mm -hmm. casino. And he had to go cash his chips in for him because Wilt had to go do something, and it was twenty thousand dollars. Right. And Rick Barry said, and this is so this is seventies, right? Right. He said, "I cashed out twenty thousand. I'm only making fifteen thousand dollars a year." <laughs> and I think that that's great. But let me just say this, okay, WNBA. Fifteen thousand dollars a year, Rick Barry made, at the height of his career. What I'm trying to explain again, I want to say this one more time to be clear. A lot of these guys had to have multiple jobs. They didn't live just on the NBA. I know that we're in a different time and place, but your league has to build itself to make that kind of money. And you're making more money than Rick Barry. I don't think that what they're saying is always, when I hear this, we're underpaid. We're not getting paid. You're getting paid what your league is valued at. Let me let me let me ride your coattails. Uh, piggyback off of what you just said. Did you see the footage about the black guy that slept on the, on the benches? He, he had a blanket and a pillow, and he was at a WNBA game on the floor. And you know there were probably about I don't know three seats on each side of him. He laid out and went to sleep. That's why you don't get paid with the men get paid. 
I'm just I'm really putting it to the 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 league hasn't come into its own yet. It's been there for 20 years, but so had the uh, the NBA at that time. The idea that one a dude can stretch out on floor seats because there's three empty seats on either side of him is one thing. Then he went to sleep. The, that, sli- that, the sleeping part is the bigger deal. And he got banned. He's no longer allowed to attend WNBA games. Because he was tired? Because he slept. Because <laughs> he was tired. Because he was tired. <laughs> you ladies, you, you need a better product. I think they're working towards the better product. It wasn't. This wasn't a knock. This was not a knock. It, 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 it is to me. Okay, but to me it wasn't a knock. It was just a, an example of that the league has to continue to grow and it will grow and it will it will be where it needs to be in the future but right now this is what it is and i agree with that um and to me it wasn't a knock i i think that they'll get there and a rick barry also i like that rick barry also convinced uh wilt to do his underhanded uh free throw shot to try to Im- improve his free throw numbers because that's the one thing that him and Shaq have in common that they could not make free throws yeah um, at one point, 40 points, 30 rebounds. Jesus. Will Chamberlain put up 40 points and 30 boards. I like when he was getting all the assists when he wanted to be the assist leader. Right. And that and, and he 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 uh he took a back seat to what his role normally was, and they were more successful. See, now how does now this is also and I said this about Wilt not being as coachable as you want to. Let me I want to re I want to make sure that I address this too. Coaches weren't savvy to get into the player, to get to, into their head in a way that could, they could relate to the this player either. Because if a coach could have said, listen, look at your numbers. Come on, man. Well, come on, let's sit down. Look what you did when you were doing assist and look at your team's numbers here. Look what you're doing when you're doing this. Look, let's let's put this all together. Let's put it all together and let's let's win this championship. Well, look at what look, if we make you instead of taking how whatever X amount of shots, you take 10% less shots. And you're working more in assist at the top of the key. And then now you're running plays. Look at what look at the numbers come up. And I, I think if someone would if if they were a little more savvy back then, the way that they coached, I think you can't just tell someone, hey, you're shooting too much. That's kind of how coaches were. They, they they thought they were like one guy was the military guy, right? They, they right. talked about. And it's just like, hey, I'm the coach. This is what you do. So, you know, this 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 is the greatest player that's playing in in, in the NBA at the time, physically the greatest player. And and you're gonna talk to him like, and you, you he has no respect for your bas if you even played basketball he has no respect for your game, and you're gonna that's how you're gonna come at somebody. So it's times have changed too, because I, I, I said that about Will. I can't put that all on him because the coaching wasn't uh, the same way it is today. There was people like that, that's why Phil was such a good coach is because he individually tried to understand each player so that he could build that bridge so that he could get them to do what he needed them to do to win or how he saw the, the winning. You know, it said uh, in 1964, Wilt made the NBA relevant uh, again. Um, and again, this is why I go back to, and, and I, again, I said, I, I didn't know a lot about Wilt other than the 100-point game, and he played for the Lakers. So this was very interesting to me, but it, I'm going back to, again, it's like, Wilt did a lot of shit before the people who were credited for doing what they did. You know, I always thought, because they said it, over and over, Bird and Magic saved the NBA they in did. the 80s. But they specifically said in 1964, Wilt was responsible for breathing life into the NBA. Right. So, like I said, Skyhook, Finger Roll, Fade Away, Save the NBA. He did everything before all those people that yeah. did what they were known for. Yeah. That's amazing. But, the, yeah, the NBA was always the least popular sport until Bird and Magic, and they had to build it up. And then when Michael came, that was the different level. But the NBA all had a lot of trouble. A lot of people never thought the NBA was going to make so, it. So going back again, but you just even said what we've heard a thousand times. The NBA wasn't relevant until Bird and Magic. Their point there was, no, it wasn't relevant until Wilt in 1964. It still wasn't relevant. It was going to fold without Wilt. So he saved the NBA. Yeah, he did. But the NBA has been saved twice by different... It, it's, it's gone through its ups and downs where Wilt came in and brought the NBA up. And then... There was no, you know, when you're talking about when Michael left, who was the player? And then now when LeBron leaves, who's the player? That was the, that was the problem with the NBA. They but I wouldn't, you, I wouldn't associate, because you just said, and then Michael would say, I wouldn't associate Michael with saving the NBA. He just took it to he another level. He never saved it. He, he never saved it. Everybody knows that Bird and Magic saved the NBA. 
like you just said, he took it to the next level. He do, he made the game global. And that's also because the NBA had uh, Stern. And that's who, that, that was a partnership that was able to elevate the NBA, get the big uh, TV contracts, get the uh, get global, get in all the other countries. That was that didn't happen before Jordan. That's Jordan. Right. That was what Jordan did to the NBA. Uh, but without Larry Bird and without uh, uh, Magic Johnson, you don't get to that point. And without Wilt, the NBA never makes it to there. Right. Um, boy, Wilt loved his white women, didn't he? I was going to ask you about God that. Damn, Wilt. He didn't, he didn't have one sister in his stable. So he just fucked 20,000 white women? I, you really think that that's true? The 20,000? No, not not the 20,000. First of all, that what did they say? That was 1.2 women a day since he was 15. Right. I, and he said he even said at the end that I was just using that as a as a number. I, I don't know if it was true. Twenty thousand. You don't. How do you play basketball? Maybe that's why he was hurt. Maybe, <laughs> how do you? You don't have time. I know he's taking two or three down at a time, so that's how it gets to work out. Listen, they showed a lot of women. Yeah. that he fucked with. Not one black woman. Not one. Maybe a, a black woman didn't want to come on being just one of Will's conquests. Fuck that. Where there's money, there's bitches. Okay, before we go before we go any further this since we're talking about women, I don't mean to be so misogynist about what I'm about to say. But how good to carry champion look in this uh I didn't even recognize her at first. She looked great. I didn't even recognize her at first. I did immediately. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I don't know why. She's not on ESPN anymore. I don't get it, but I, you know, and this is me being misogynistic. Do away with him, man. I, you know, I didn't like her when she was on first take. I don't like Molly on first take. I don't like women in the sports, man. You don't commentating and talking with the dudes. You didn't they like don't. You don't like Harry Champion talking with them. No, because it always comes off like a, a boys. Oh, boys, boys, come on, boys. Like, when the guys get heated and start going back and forth, women always take this position like, huh, I have to be the adult in the room with the children. They're the moderator. That's why they have That's to. fine. But stop acting. Stop being condescending. Stop acting like, oh, I'm boys, I, I'm, the, I'm the adult. I'm amongst the children. Like, we're kids. Like, we're just fucking stupid kids. That's what men do. We're barbaric. When it comes to sports, we're Vikings. We got a turkey leg in one hand and a fucking, what do they call that shit? The, the, it's, it's not a mug. There's a certain name for it. A beer stein? Is, what the Vikings be having in big mugs? It's, I don't know. It's a stein is all they know. You heard, okay, whatever it is. We, we got the mug in one hand. We got the fucking giant turkey leg in the other. And we fucking... That's what we do. Stop trying to make us out to be these stupid, immature kids. I'll take care of champion on that show anytime. Oh God. Especially if they don't it. especially they put her at that desk and she's all those oiled legs up, are oiled, oiled up. up. <laughs> <laughs> um what did you uh Lindy Healy, that little the little the, that little yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. trapper uh throughout his whole life. Mm-mm. I, I I was just funny though. She looked goofy when she was young. Well, and she was so the, that where did it fit? Dude, your will. <laughs> And she looked particularly small. It looked like he was fucking a midget. Where, where did it fit? In his, in his pocket. No, where did it fit? Oh, 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 <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Right. She looks taller today. I think he, he grew her. He might have. <laughs> he might have stretched out. <laughs> I just, it, it was just kind of funny. But she was in, she's in the whole, the whole Let show. Let me tell you something. Here's a stat that I don't think gets enough credit. If Wilt, in fact, Fuck 20,000 women and not a single STD, that's championship shit to me. Well, you bang 20,000 broads and you ain't never catch nothing. That's the thing that, you know, made that a bad deal that came out, right? He puts his book out and the magic has to announce that he has HIV. Right. That, that's a problem. So, you know, that that wasn't good for his market. The timing. The timing was was, right. was quite poor. Uh, his son, Aaron uh, Levy. I thought, you- he, I thought he got a raw deal. It seemed like Wilt wanted, wanted nothing to do with him. Well, he never met. He didn't know. Wilt didn't know he was out there. Apparently. But even when he, he said, I'm your son, Wilt was basically like, okay. No, he didn't find, He didn't reach out to him until later. 
didn't he? I thought he never got a chance to reach out to him. No, I think at some point they said he he he, he did. He let him know I'm your son, and Wilk could have gave a fuck. Oh, I didn't. I I must have missed that. Yeah. Like like his son, he he was missed. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I now that's what I was thinking. Oh, going back to your twenty k. Uh, I wrote this down. I thought it was funny. I don't know if I have 20,000 pumps. And he... <laughs> oh, no, that's actually more than 20,000 pumps because you don't just pump once and... No, that's what I'm saying. I don't even think I have 20,000 oh, pumps. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Over your lifetime. Over my lifetime. You know, I wonder how many pumps <laughs> does the average man have in a lifetime? I think it's funny because I think of that little owl that would drink, would, would lick the Tootsie Pop and yeah. say how many licks do yeah, you get to the center? Right. Yeah, I think that's unique. No, no, there is a statistic where it says the average human being sleeps X amount of hours yeah. in a lifetime. I wonder how many pumps, how many, how many times a man shoots a load in a lifetime? I don't know. I think you should have a little Aldo just counts them out now when you're when you're when you're fucking you just you just one pump. Right, right, right. <laughs> two pumps. You think you think you think if a guy lives to be, let's say, 80, from the time he his first shoots his first load, excuse me, till his last load, you think it would be enough to swill up fill up a swimming pool? No. I don't think so. No. Let's say you start fucking it. Is, is there 15. a deep? Is there a deep end in this pool? Because I have all the pools that I don't me, have a right, deep let, end. Let me say a jacuzzi. <laughs> from from fifteen to seventy. <laughs> I can't. I don't even want to fathom this conversation. <laughs> I really don't. I don't even want to like try to even like measure it and think about it. A bathtub. I, I think you could fill a bathtub of just jizz. <laughs> Depends how long your dick works though for. Because you said eighty. We got Viagra. Yeah, now, but I'm talking back in the when. No, when you, I'm, when I'm you, saying let's say right now. When you, oh, okay, from 15 to 80, if you took a person's all the semen, it could fill up a bathtub. Yeah, you could fill up a bathtub. I don't want to. I don't want to picture that, and you keep making me try to picture that. Okay. Um, what did you think of Wilt's house? Now that I, I thought that was awesome that he built that house. Now, now that's something that okay. This is what I wanted to say about Wilt that I, I definitely want to get to. He wasn't. You know how some people go, and they, and I've met players right. who are like, I'm more than basketball, you know, or I'm more than my sport. I'm more, I'm more, I'm more. Will never said he was more. Like, I'm more than, he just did more shit. I really like his approach to life. Like, he loved, you know, he played volleyball. He, he was the Dosecki's man before the Dosecki's, Dosecki's man. man. He built That's what I'm house. saying. He did everything first. Yeah, he built his house. Building that house. And then and then you say, okay, he built the house, and then they have that in his bedroom. Well, first of all, he built his bedroom to be this this bachelor pad. Right. But then to build your house, to think about it, and, and you're designing this amazing house that you're going to spend a lot of right. money on. And then make your bedrooms the... the, the that was so fly. Right? So that the ceiling so moves off so you can see the sky. And see the stars at night. How amazing is that? And, the, and That is, is a pussy magnet. So when I hear people say, I'm more than a bad... I, I do other things. I have... Yeah, well, you can do both. You can't, you don't, don't let anybody else pigeonhole you because we'll never let anybody put him in and play in, in like you're just a basketball player. But here's what I do wonder, and, and Will kind of alluded to this a little bit. He said, the one thing that I regret is that I'm now that now I'm in a place where I'm ready to do something that I wasn't ready to do before, and he felt like it was too late, which was have a family. Yeah. Because he essentially never got married, uh, never had a steady girlfriend. He, that was a big thing with him. He didn't want, uh, hey, this is my girlfriend. He, had a, he just had a string of women that he would go through. But it's like, dude, as, I got to believe that as you get older, you don't want to be alone. And he was alone. That's what, and, he, and he, he didn't like the fact that he was older and he was so lonely. And that's what all those calls were, just people late having long conversations with people because he was right. trying to make up for the fact that he didn't have it. That Haley, Haley girl that he was with for, forever. Right. I like when she said, yeah, we couldn't have, we couldn't, we had to stop having sex basically because he couldn't, we were, we, we cared about each other. We loved each other. He couldn't have sex with someone that he cared about because he didn't want to fall into that at that time in his life. And that, that is, uh, that's unfortunate. You have to. You have to be able to. I, I don't. I, I should. Well, let me see. 
Because Bill Maher prides himself on going, I can't stand kids. And the idea of marriage, I think it's disgusting. So essentially, he's living a Wilt Chamberlain lifestyle. And again, as much as Wilt thought that that was going to be his whole whole existence, he he said eventually, I I would have liked to have had a family. I would have liked to have, I would like to not be alone. And I'm going, and well, you know, Bill Maher is damn near 60. Damn near. And he just seems content on being alone. Well, I'm wondering if he's ever going to regret but that. But does he have more? I, I never asked this. I don't even know. But uh, does Bill Maher have like a family where he might have uh, some nieces and nephews and some other people that are in his life so that he does have that connection to other people? I don't even think he likes that. <laughs> well, then Dude, good he for detests him. children. Then good for him. He's he's winning then. But I, I what I when Will gets to the towards the end of the story, when he talks about his uh, teammate, when they talk about his teammate, Paul Arzen, Azen, Azen, I, for, mm-hmm. I forgot to say, a, a teammate that he had at the beginning of his career who quit right. basketball because he didn't want to move out of Kansas City. Right. Uh, but his um, his niece, uh, Paul's niece, Stephanie, gets uh, inoperable, like, uh, cancer. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if it was cancer. I forgot what it was. It was cancer or brain tumor. It was, she had something that was inoperable. And uh, he makes, he starts calling her. Calls and makes sure that he, that everybody's okay with and then has this great, you know, relationship with her, calling her, t- talking to her, right. making sure she's, you know, doing well. And be. I just thought that, you know, that he was looking for some kind of connection with somebody that, in a, in a, in a more meaningful, spiritual way than just throwing it in him for 20000 right. And, you know, and, and it, I, I, I don't know, you know, if Bill Maher is, like you said, is, if that's his content, if he really can't be with anybody else, that's awesome that you recognize that and you you don't put anybody through that. But I, I think most of us want something that we can. Yeah, I mean, shit, it sucks to just be alone. To be sick in the middle of the night when you're old and then not have anybody there to just go, hey, you know, I'll get you a little, you need, you need a little something to drink. Yeah, a little back rub, rub or, or something. something. Make you feel a little bit better about the fact that you're old. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could go somewhere and spend the holidays with people, but I would think it would be nice to wake up in your own bed in your own house on Christmas morning and be surrounded by your family instead of being alone. I, I think that that is part of it. But, you know, again, if you are that person, Bill Maher, I have great respect for him if he realizes that and he doesn't put anybody else through through that. Because if that's not what he wants, why would you want someone? To, why would you want to put someone through that? Oh, that's an X-Men gene right there. Yeah, I think it's great, though. I'm not mad at him for that. I wish... I, you know, I wish I didn't need people like that. It would be nice. It would be nice just to be at home, watching TV, being happy, going and getting a little food. Right. I have to, ha- I, I need another person. Mm. I, that great line by Patrice. Uh, ladies, we want to be alone, but we don't want to be by ourselves. <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it, man. That's the show. Uh, well, just Just to sign off on this. Where's Wilt in your top 10 now? Is he in there? <laughs> top 10. I, I, I added no, five no, to it. No, I, Listen, I, here's my, the more interesting question for me. Where is he in your list of centers? Patrick Ewing, Bill Walton, David Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaq, Russell, Kareem. I think he's third. Who's your first two? Uh, I'd have to go after seeing this. I'm going to put him. To, I think I, I have to. I'm always going to start with Kareem. And I reevaluated. It has to be Shaq. Two, and then and, and then. So Kareem, Shaq, Robin. I mean, uh, Will. And it was tough because I want to put Olajuwon at three. Right. But power, ability, the fact that he, I, I know it sounds ridiculous when I say Harlem Globetrotter, but the fact that you, when, to do that, to be that, you have to be able to, you have to be able to pass. Your skill level, your ball handling skills has to be amazing. And he had that. So I, I don't think, I'm talking just talent. I'm not talking about rings and what you did and contribute. His talent, I would put him at three. 
just because I like Shaq's game better. I'm gonna put Shaq's my number one. Um, can't hit a free throw though. That's yeah, that's that's that's, a, that's my that's. But that's, he hit it in big moments. Like he said, he can hit him when he when he needs to. Uh, Kareem. Akeem. Talent, not accomplishment. Eh, well, you know, I know that it, it adds into it. Uh, then I say for four, Russell. David Robinson. Ewing. Wilton. Oh, oh, who are we talking about? Walton. Walton, not Walton. Who are we just talking about? Goliath. Oh, Wilt. Wilt, Wilt, and then Walt. You had an Andy moment, man. That was a real Andy It was, moment. you know what it was? It was the Wilt and the Walt. The Wilt and the Walt, okay. That got me fucked up. Yeah, I don't like I was list. about to say Wilton. I don't like your list. You, you really, okay. I, I'm, ah, never mind. I'm no, not. It's, it's, because I know you, Patrick Ewing. Tell me what part of his game dude, let me was better something. than his let me, let me and where you. he dominated let me tell you I wish I could find the clip. I posted a clip. I might be on my shit. I posted a clip where somebody cut together Patrick Ewing and his run with the Knicks, some of his highlights. That motherfucker was a beast. He was, and I'm not denying that. I mean, beast. But... I think people forget that. No, over I'm, I don't forget it all. But over his over, over Wilt's skill level, I, he, Patrick was more exciting to watch. No, you just didn't see all all Wilt stuff. From and what far, they showed, and, from, though, and defensive wise, when it, when he played defense, nah, man. All right. Yeah, well, I, I just don't like your list. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, man. That's the show. Uh, should I give out some dates real quick? Yeah. Hey, man. We were in Houston, by the way, this week, and great shows, great people. Uh, the weather sucks, but sticky. Not sticky, but just it is wet. It's wet. It's fast sticky. Yeah, it's just hot. It's, it's just... hot and wet. It's it's their hottest summer that they've had, and it is wet. <sighs> All right, guys. Uh, when you're listening to this, we're going to be appearing at the uh, Comedy Zone in Jacksonville, Florida, July 27th through the 30th. And then we're August 3rd through the 5th. Mic drop in San Diego. Uh, August 11th through the 13th, we'll be in Raleigh Improv in Cary, North Carolina. August 17th through the 20th, we'll be at the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina. August 24th through the 27th at Tommy T's in Pleasanton, California. And finally, back in Philadelphia, August 31st through September September 3rd at Helium in Philadelphia. Got anything else? I do not. Is that a show? I think that's a show. Ta-ta. Get a lean on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house, and I get to say. Got it?